1: Hey everybody before we get into today's episode we have to tell you some things we do
2: we have a listener survey that is happening now it is on our website bufferingthevampireslayer.com just click on survey The main purpose of that survey is to actually help us, as we go into season three, understand what you like and what you don't like about our podcast. Probably you like everything and you don't like nothing. Uh, So, (laughs) but we made it, you know, we did make it a little more detailed than that. So if you could head on over there, we would so, so, so appreciate it. And we will be picking three of you to win the T-shirt of your choice. We have so very many these days, which Jenny's <laughs> going to tell you about in a second. But um, three of you, if you want to leave your email, you don't have to. You can take the survey anonymously. But if you would like to be uh, entered to win a T-shirt, then you can leave us your email. And we will be picking those winners before our season recap episode on July 19th. So head on over there, bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Click on survey. It's not very long. It's it's It'll just take you a few minutes, and it'll help us a bunch.
1: And then when you're done taking our survey, oh my <laughs> gosh, you should check out our store. It is full of stuff. We have, as we've previously mentioned, a few new shirts that we're really excited about. Isabella Rotman made us a super sick awoo wolf shirt. And our friend Cameron Glavin designed a uh, new t-shirt that has a l- adorable little werewolf on it playing the guitar. And it says, even a werewolf is better than misogyny, which is, of course, a lyric from the Phases song. Yes, and a fact. And also a fact. And we've got a new Just Keep Fighting shirt. We've got the old Just Keep Fighting shirt. We've got a Smash the Demon Lizard Patriarchy T. We've got a Smash the Demon Lizard Patriarchy (laughs) tank. We've got Cordette and Slayerette and Buffering pins. It's all there waiting for you. All you have to do is visit bufferingthevampireslayer.com
2: and click on shop. Great job, Jenny. Thank you. We also want to let you know that on July 30th, we will be doing a Buffy watch with all of our patrons. So no matter what level you give, we will be joining together and watching an episode as yet to be chosen. If you're a patron, there is a poll up on Patreon where you can choose between Becoming, part two, the one we're about to discuss, and Faith, Hope, and Trick, or Band Candy. Mm. Band Candy was winning last we checked, but who knows what has happened between the time of this recording and the time of its airing. It's It's a contest that will end very soon. So go on over there. If you can support us, we would so appreciate it. Patreon is a really, really fun place and way to support because you get all kinds of fun things. Buffy watches, of course. There's also a secret Facebook group that is really fun. And if you're at the $5 level, you get all of the songs as they come out. And actually, our $5 patrons got the Becoming song a week ahead of everybody else.
1: And at this very moment, Kristen and I are scheming and plotting for our season recap wrap up, which will air on July 19th. And I'll tell you what, we are in need of your voices. We would love to hear what you have to say about season two. If you want to share something about your favorite episode, about your favorite moment, about really anything from season two, you can send us a voice memo Try to keep it under 90 seconds. And try please. to keep it
2: spoiler-free.
1: Mm-hmm. Spoiler-free. Great. <laughs> Great point. Go ahead and record that voice memo and tell us everything that's really important to you that you can fit in that amount of time. And then you can email the voice memo to us at bufferingthevampireslayer at gmail.com. And you might be featured on our podcast. Wouldn't that be fun? I think it'd be
2: fun. I, I love being featured on our podcast. Me too. Love being featured. <laughs>
1: Welcome to the season finale for season two of Buffering the Vampire Slayer, Holy shit. a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one at a time. I'm Jenny
2: Owen-Youngs. And I'm Kristen Russo, and this week we are talking about season two, episode 22, Becoming Part Two. A couple of twos in that title. There were a few twos. A few twos and some Sarah McLaughlin. It's time for Becoming Part 2. We hope you have your fucking tissues, because it's going to get real. (laughs) Stay tuned at the end of this podcast every week for an original song written by us, recapping the Buffy episode we are discussing. Becoming Part 2
1: was written and directed by Joss Whedon, and originally aired on May nineteenth,
2: 1998. This is the one where Spike strikes an unlikely alliance with Buffy to keep Angel from destroying the world.
0: Is that what This is the One is? Is that? Is it,
1: just Or
2: he, is it the one where Buffy has to kill Angel because he gets re but not quick enough? Uh, it's that one. Mm-hmm. It's the one. It's the one. Okay? It's, it's the one. It's a it lot. It is a lot. So much happens in this episode. I don't even know where to begin, but I suppose we should just begin at the beginning, because... Third place. It's a good... It's a very good place, to. Isn't that how the song goes? That's what they sing, yes. Uh, So we come right in on freeze. That's where we left off. Right, right, right. Buffy is over Kendra's body. The police have a gun drawn. (sighs) This scene is really tense. It... I, the big moment in this pre-credit scene for me is Buffy's decision to hit the cop and run, mm-hmm. because it's su- it's like such a pivotal moment for her. I don't think that she's ever really done anything like this before, and that's what we're seeing on her face is like, right, right. This is something that's like morally, or like not even morally, but like legally, right? it's in- a legal issue, morally, I feel like there's less of a question. Right, for- it's it's more just like this is like the power dynamic is supposed to go. That cops are, when cops tell you what to do, you have to do what they say. And I feel like she's just reasoning through it for the first time Mm -hmm. of like, cop, slayer, slayer, cop, cop, slayer, slayer, cop. And she comes up, slayer. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So that's the big stick out moment for me. She, you know, she punches the cop and calls Snyder. Also flips the cop. Flips the cop. What does she call Snyder? An evil little troll? If that sounds Something right. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's my big thing for pre-credits. Did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about in this pre-credit moment?
1: I love the lady cop calling in <laughs> an APB, uh, calling in a b- announcement to the other police officers. <laughs> yes. And her astute observation that the suspect
2: is a approximately 16 (laughs) years old she's she's watched all the other episodes and she's like you know her birthday keeps changing yeah i think i think she's 16 she's (laughs) wrong buffy's 17 Mm. we learned that during surprise so so
1: we go to the credits and then here we are in the hospital Beanie Buffy,
2: buffy buffy inner beanie Buffy's back. That's what I have. Buffy's back to so the beanie and the heavier trench coat. She mm-hmm. has abandoned the Victoria, what do you call it? Fredericks of Hollywood trench <laughs> is, is out. She's really, she's in this time. She's like the real, I need the real disguise, yes. not the silly disguise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So she's all in. Uh, this is. I mean, this episode... First of all, I said to Jenny, like, most of the way... When we were most of the way through, like, is this episode scored more than the other episodes? And I I think the answer is yes. Yeah, it feels like a lot more music. Right? There's just a lot of sound cues. And, you know, the pre-credit moment is just, like, tense and crazy. But then the second we come out of the credits, we're just, like, time to, f- to go down the water slide of tears, you know? Yeah. Just starting right in this moment where Buffy and Xander are in the hospital hallway. Uh-huh. And Xander, you know... <laughs> He's got a big cast on his arm. Right. And Buffy makes like tries to make a joke because the cops come in and they hug and, you know, Xander hugs Buffy so that she can't be seen by the cops. Mm -hmm. And she tries to, like, make light of the moment. And, you know, when you're in a moment that's just too heavy to make light of, but you try anyway. Like, is there anything sadder than that? No. When someone tries to make light of the moment and the other person is like, yeah, no. Uh, and that's that's what we see here. You know, she says something to Xander like, "Oh, I'm sure that was like part to protect me and part to cop a feel." And his face is just devastated. And that's when we cut to Willow. No. Oh my god, I have I have four. I think four um crying emojis that I've drawn in my notes uh-huh. and two bro- analog crying emojis. Yeah, and two broken heart emojis drawn in my notes. Uh, I'll wow. let you know if there's any other drawings, but. Willow gets my first crying emoji. This is tough. This is awful. I mean, we, you know, obviously we've talked in the podcast about Willow being used as a device to (laughs) just drag us. us. And that is what happens in this moment. I mean, Willow is so helpless and so small and so just hurt in that hospital bed. And we learn that she suffered...
1: Head uh, trauma. Head
2: trauma that is, you know, it, it, she might be okay, but she might not. And it depends on how long she stays out for. And yeah. It's terrifying. And then right on the heels of us being devastated by seeing Willow in horrible shape, Cordelia walks in and Cordelia and Xander haven't seen each other since this has happened. Yeah. And this gave me my second crying face that I drew because of the moment that they shared together, Cordelia and Xander having been apart a and not knowing if they were okay. It's just, it's just... It's just very real. This whole thing is just very real. Like, I think what happened in the moment with Xander, where he was, like, no joking, was, like, very symbolic for this episode in general. It's like, no, shit literally is too real and too sad for us to really do much laughing at all in this.
1: And Cordelia has this moment of reckoning where she acknowledges to the group that she ran, and she says, I'm not too brave.
2: Oh, Cordelia. Which is so
1: sad. And she is brave. And and Buffy says right away, you know... That's exactly what you should have done. You should have gotten out of there. But Cordelia has now integrated herself into this group of people who, when there is danger, instead of running away, they run towards Toward, it. Towards the danger. And, and, and one of them is very powerful, but the, the rest of them are just helpful. You know, they just want to be there for Buffy and for the cause. And Cordelia is not quite there where her reflex is to run
2: towards the fire. Uh, But maybe she will be. Oh, just so many emotions in this first scene. And then don't worry, things get way lighter.
1: (laughs) Uh, Because guess where Giles is? Face down
2: in the haunted castle with all the vampires yeah the one the one thing i did have here that was a lighter note is eyeliner strong <laughs> our graph has re re-peaked. our eyeliner graph for angel has t- took a nose dive wow. in uh becoming part one <laughs> has restored itself to full capacity great, great in uh becoming part two but this is so so giles is going to be tortured by angel angel and jealous Loves torture. Yeah, lo- loves so
1: torture. It's his favorite thing. And he just... likes long walks on the beach <laughs> at night, candlelit dinners at night, and torturing librarians
2: at night. At night, all at night. This is wretched. But but my like journey with Giles in this episode is, I think, really important. Or the journey that we all go on with Giles, where he is facing horrible pain, imminent death. And he just keeps on fucking with Angel. He does not fucking let up. In these first few moments, you know what I mean? Like, in these first few moments, he's just sort of, like, bring it on. And, like, as the episode progresses, he just gets more and more defiant. Yeah. Which I love.
1: Yeah. Also, I feel like, uh, as we're seeing, like, more and more of Spike and more and more of Giles, I just feel like... They have, maybe they have more in common than they realize. Spike and Giles. Yeah, they're Please both. Please elaborate. Uh, they're both English. Mm-hmm. They're both uh, very defiant, <laughs> and uh, they're both against Angel
2: in this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> even
1: more for them to
2: ally themselves <laughs> right, over. Right, right. Well, won't we will be very lucky if we get to see yeah. any more. Interested to see how that could ever those develop. too. So the cops go to Joyce's house. They're like, yo, your daughter probably did all of this horrible stuff because she always does horrible stuff. Is yeah. that or is that not right? Mother yeah. of Buffy. And she's like, what the fuck? Because like, seriously, what the fuck with these cops?
1: And then Buffy leaves to go to Giles' house just in case he's there. Just in case he's there. He's not.
2: No, but, but Whistler, Whistler is. Whistler in the
1: pork pie hat is just hanging out at Giles' apartment. Yeah. Like some kind of person that you have to seek out in a like Zelda style video game Ooh. where you're just like walking around right, you collecting <laughs> money and
2: foods and, and like solving riddles. And you're like why is my power not at full capacity? And it's like oh I have to go to a- visit Whistler. I have right, to right, go, right, 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 right. I have to go exactly talk. and the little, the little dialogue box comes up at the bottom of the screen and is like hello Buffy my <laughs> name is Whistler. The demon <laughs> you are fighting requires, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally Whistler's character.
1: But we do learn that Whistler is this immortal Mortal demon sent to restore the balance between good and evil. And he's all, what are you prepared to give up? Right. And then he's like, the sword isn't enough. You have to know how to use it. And And Buffy's
2: like, fuck you. Yeah, she really is like, fuck you. She does not like Whistler in this first scene, though. She comes to need Whistler later. Mm. But I think that 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 piece is kind of one of the pivotal pieces of this episode, and really this season, is, you know, will Buffy be able to defeat Angel? Will she be able to be the slayer and do her duty to save the world, or will her love for Angel triumph and therefore, like, now in this current setup, will the world go under? And we're waiting, right. like, you know, ha- ha- if you've never seen this episode before, that's really the, the big question on the table is, is she going to be able to do it? And I wonder, like, you know, now I feel like I know this so well. I know what's going to happen. I know how the end is going to play. But I just, I wish I could remember my first viewing and, like, ha- what I thought was going to happen.
1: Right, right, right. Well, I bet what you didn't think was going to happen was that... Spike and Buffy, we're going to team up! Oh,
2: you're right. I didn't. And what a delight. What a delight. Yay! Things are all coming together. The scene opens with, hello, cutie. Well, (laughs) first there's a cop. First, whatever. There's a cop and blah, blah, blah. Like, who cares about any of that? Mm. Nobody is the answer. Nobody cares about what happens in the moments before we get the line from Spike to Buffy. Hello, cutie. And then (laughs) they have got this beautiful... Just perfect. It's a perfect scene. Isn't it? Oh, not? it's so good. It is like it's the, really good. Uh, just the perfect amount of hate You know what it's you know what it's a recipe for, Jenny? Sexual tension award. I've heard of it. Have you? Yeah. Do you Be- think that's that's where this goes? I mean, I just feel like there is a just a dollop of uh, sexual tension mixed in with uh, some hatred. Yeah. Uh, Mixed in with some peroxide. uh, (laughs) With a touch of uh, Slayer. And I think Mm. what we have there is... The sexual tension award. I did, I think I had another note of a possible... Was it Drew and Giles? It was not. It was not Drew and Giles, although hilarious and we will get there. It was actually Angel and Spike. Mm. <laughs> Angel and Spike were, uh, I just made a note of their sexual tension later when when Drew is is going in to uh, hypnotize or whatever, mind fuck Giles, uh-huh. uh, that <laughs> Angel is like... I kind of like when you've got my back, man. And yeah, they have yeah, yeah, like yeah. this like very very momenty moment, but certainly <laughs> that does not uh exceed the sexual tension that I believe exists here between these two. Just because they have a certain, you know, there's something there. There's something there. There's they, something in in the hate. And they're like really. punch for punch in yeah. the scene is so great. The like hard hitting punches they both throw at each other without blinking like Either one gets hit and they just don't miss a beat. We learn some important stuff. We learn that Angelus has Giles. Yes. He's
1: like, he's got your watcher. Right. Well, we, Um, we, Buffy learns. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Buffy learns that Angelus has Giles. We also learn that Spike likes the world. I know, right? He's also a Manchester United fan. (laughs)
2: Uh, Which is great. There, you know, I said in earlier like there there wasn't a lot of room for laughter, but I I guess I kind of forgot all of the laughter that happened. Spike happens. has. I think all the laughs. Yeah, Spike does. Like he he has this this line about vampires always talking big, yeah, uh, but not really wanting what they what they say <laughs> they want. Uh, and then he has this great moment where he's like, oh, "Okay, like before we go, you know, Buffy agrees. Okay, let's go inside and talk, right, 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 or right. make out, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Either let, way, let's go inside and talk. Uh, and and Spike is like, "Okay, let me just kill this." to the cop and then Buffy like clears her throat. Like, you know, there's just like they're coming from like polar opposite polar opposite worlds and like polar opposite motivation. She's the old part. fashioned. Yes. He's a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! If only there could be a spinoff, you know. <laughs> if only. Oh, okay. So this great, great scene. I'm awarding it. I'm officially awarding it. Beautiful to uh, Spike and Buffy. I love this moment. Um, and then we go back to the hospital. Mm. And this is this is an interesting scene with Willow and Xander. Do you have thoughts? Do you have feelings? I have about thoughts this? and feelings. I think.
1: Um, the first time we watched this, I was like, urgh. And the second time we watched it, I almost cried. Yeah, uh, I mean, think Nick Brendan does some great acting. Yeah, right I agree. Here. I agree. Pretty,
2: pretty powerful. Yeah, all, uh, throughout. Throughout. Yeah, he yeah, does a the whole really, episode. Mm-hmm. Great, great,
1: great, and, great, great. And
2: this, I mean, right, I think that the biggest confusion that I have about this scene between them mm-hmm. is when. He says, I love you, and she says, Oz, and then it goes to his face, and it kind of stays on his face for an extra beat. Mm -hmm. That moment threw me, and I because I really feel like this was a genuine moment between two best friends and that was the extent of that moment right and I, and but the camera work suggests yes, otherwise and ca- is it supposed to and I think I'm mad at the editor is, is what mm. I think it is because I think that Xander is heartbroken and wanting his best friend and realizing how deeply he loves his best friend and I think that Xander is responsible and mature enough in this moment to not have that cross any wires for him and that it seems because it's the moment that Oz comes in, it also seems to get wiped away. It's not like Xander's yeah. like pouty or anything. You know what? So I just feel like the way this was edited would lead us to believe there was more there. And I, I disagree with that. Uh-huh. I don't I, Kristen Russo, declare there was not more there. I think that Xander loves Willow, and Xander is happy that Oz is there for Willow. That is yeah. how I write this story. Well,
1: I mean, maybe. Like both of those things can exist, and also right. it that's can be true. more
2: confusing than just that. That's true. And maybe maybe what it was meant to do was show us that moment for Xander of mm. like kind of being like, what is it to love someone this deeply if it isn't, you know, mm. if it isn't something that's like romantic or sexual? Like, how can I have this big of feeling for this person? And maybe he's processing that. Maybe that's yeah. what we were meant to see. Um, but I just I would like to dispel any rumors that. Xander is at all sort of like wanting Willow and trying jealous, to like wake uh, Willow up with true love. Yeah. Right. Pronouncement. Right. Right. And maybe that's maybe that's the play, Jenny. Maybe the play is like, you know, all the fairy tales are like true love will wake, wake right, the right. sleeping, you know, whomever, whomever. Um, and maybe the play on this is like true love can not only be romantic love, not only be Sexual love, not only right. me, but it can be the love of a friend that, uh-huh. that awakes. Oh, no. That's so beautiful. Oh, oh. oh God. Wow. Okay. Wow. Uh, can we pause so I can draw one more crying emoji? <laughs> yes. Okay. A little circle, little dot eyes, a little frowny, and some tears. Okay. Thank you. Thank okay, you You're so good? Much. You're good to go? Yes. Except for before we leave this scene, mm-hmm. I, I did want to talk about Oz's moment. <gasps> because er, Oz and Willow. So Willow wakes up. Thank God. Willow. We can never lose you, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope you understand that you may never go anywhere. <laughs> okay, great. So Willow wakes up, and then she just has this adorable. come on, fucking Willow, man. My head feels big. Is it big? <laughs> and then Oz, no, it's head-sized. It's just this great moment. Is Can we give Willow her jingle? I love her so much. Who knows the square root of
0: 1,225? Willow, who's gentle of heart and nimble with a hard drive. Willow, Willow,
1: Willow, Willow. Okay, that's enough warm, fuzzy feelings. Let's check back in on Giles getting tortured. (laughs) Well, Well, you know what's not torture? (laughs) For once, the endless... Drops of sweat that Giles has expelled over the course of his life, cleaning his glasses for (laughs) once, for once. And jealous, a true gentleman in this one moment, Uh takes that burden off of Giles' shoulder for just a second. Oh, this and is cleans a, his glasses it's
2: such a twisted thing it reminds me uh, I mean obviously this is not to the extent of horrific that the torture in Game of Thrones is right that we, we're just rewatching. Oh, this oh yeah, yeah yeah you know Theon torture what's the bad guy's name Ramsey Ramsey oh my god that it's just horrible. The whole thing's horrible. But it's it's this similar, like, vibe of, like, when the person that is doing the torture also does, like, a nice thing. Ugh. And it's all part of the torture. You yeah. know what I
1: mean? Well, I think in this instance, Angelus wants uh, Giles to be, a- be able to see everything very clearly. Yes, precisely. We presume he's
2: cleaning blood spray
1: off um, the glasses. And do
2: you know, do you want to know something about uh, Angel? I think Angelus is using a cloth, right? He's not using his shirt and mm. Do you, do you want to know why he needs a cloth and not his mm, shirt? I have an idea. Because his shirt is made of silk. <laughs> and his pants, no, no, can't use those either. They're made of leather. Not yeah. one article of clothing on Angelus's back is made of anything that could clean glasses. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm just saying, now, you might think this is a great time for us to bring in Kate Leth, but we're going to bring in Kate later. Because Kate, Kate said, you know what, guys? Fuck you to your fashion watch. I have too many goddamn feelings. So we're going to hear from Kate and we're going to just going to let this moment of silk pants and (laughs) silk pants. I might as well. Leather shirt, silk pants. Totally different outfit. Uh, We're going to let this moment of silk shirt, leather pants. Just go slightly touched upon by us. Mm. Um, Giles still will not break. This is the first moment actually where Giles says, bring it on. And then we go. To my favorite scene, I think this is my favorite scene in the entire season i'm gonna i love it so jenny i love it so much tell me all about it oh my god okay so joyce pulls up and buffy and spike are walking up to the house and joyce is like buffy i've been looking for you everywhere and spike is just standing behind buffy and buffy's like whatever mom everything's cool and she's like who is this man and then spike is like well you haven't told her and then (laughs) buffy's like i haven't we're in a band and then they have this (laughs) argument about triangles and drums and then they go inside the house and then wait 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 before they go inside the house right Buffy slays a vampire right. in front of her mom okay 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 you're right we have a lot to talk about on a lot of levels but like my favorite scene like my favorite piece of the scene is just Spike and Joyce Spike and Joyce Spike and Joyce yeah, Spike it's and great. Joyce So we'll get we'll get back to Spike and Joyce and my yeah, favorite yeah. scene and so that we can follow the trajectory of the action. But oh my God Spike I love you and I'm gonna love you so much in just a few moments when we get there that you're going to get what Jenny? A jingle. A fucking jingle. So get ready for it Spike. You deserved it. You finally earned it. Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. In 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX, there's so many ways to watch movies these days, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets, you will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself
3: That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream.
0: So if you like funny true stories,
3: come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Okay, um, right, okay, so let's get to this this next part. Yeah, so a vampire
1: jumps out of nowhere and... Attacks Buffy, and she slays him with an assist by
2: Spike. Right. In front of Joyce. In front of Joyce. And so this is like, because obviously, come on, everyone. We all know what we're going to talk about with this narrative arc. Right. This is why- What is this analogous to? Right. This is what we've been alluding to for the whole season. We've been flirting with it just, you know- touching it a little bit, fluffing Uh it this way, fluffing it that way, waiting for this moment so we could be like, obviously, this is placed here specifically to run parallel to coming out Uh to your parents. And it is hit over the head so many times with so many different things. But this first moment, I just want to stick on for a second because, because I wondered, like, because Buffy is essentially outed, right? Like, Buffy definitely did not make the choice to right. come out to Joyce in that moment. Uh-huh. It's it's almost like Joyce walked in on her. You know yeah. what I mean? Like if we're if we're kind of like laying it parallel, this would be like if if I had been like making out with my girlfriend or like you know listening to Annie DeFranco or whatever the case may be, <laughs> and my mom sort of like walked in and and saw something that was undeniable. So I take back Annie DeFranco, yeah. but you know, saw something that she couldn't unsee Uh. that was so in her face that she had to face the fact that something had happened. And that's what happens here. And so Buffy is really left no choice. She has to tell her mother Mm -hmm. who she is. And she does. And she does it in a perfect, I just think it's perfect the way she says it. Yeah. Right? Like, this is exactly the way that I basically said, I'm bisexual. Was like, uh, you know, she's like, I'm a vampire slayer. (laughs) So then Buffy and Willow have a quick uh, catch up.
1: Right. So that Buffy can know that Willow's okay. Willow's like, yo, I'm so sorry that uh, we didn't get to finish the spell. Right. And Buffy says, it's all right. I know now I'm never
2: going to get him right, back right, the right. way that he was. Right, sure. Blah, blah, blah. But oh, with my the, God. I'm sorry. But the important part about them being on the phone is, is that, that while they're on the phone, <laughs> guess who's in the living room? Spike and Joyce. Joyce and Spike. And this is, I looked at Jenny and I was like, oh, this is Spike, right? This is it. This is the moment when I think we see Spike for who Spike truly is, <laughs> sitting in the fucking living room with Joyce and this this direction, this who I don't know how TV works, everyone, but whoever I believe it was the director who made the call to have the first cut of them in the living room have nothing said. It's yeah. just it's like
0: the
1: perfect amount of silence, and they're just sitting there. Spike's kind of like looking up into the corner. <laughs> Right? it's amazing it's so I mean awkward. it also has like the a very real feel of like the um like a boyfriend and a parent yes awkwardness yes
2: for sure they're just like you know we thought Buffy and Spike were like polar opposites but we have now found right. the, the true polar opposite <laughs> and it is, it is in Joyce uh and and then the and, next oh, she's working so hard to make conversation right that's the next time we come back oh god it's so good when she's like have we met And he's like,
1: well, you hit me with an axe one time. Right. And then. (laughs) And then he's like, and then she's like, uh, oh, do do you live around here? Do you live here in town? Yes. Do you live here in town? Go to Mom Convo.
2: Uh, All right. So, Jenny. Yes. I have declared it the episode where Spike finally gets his jingle. Mm-hmm. Spike, in case you didn't know, everyone, Spike is my favorite character. Spike, wow. is you knew why are you act in surprise? I don't know. I'm just <laughs> trying to be the audience surrogate. <laughs> well, Spike is my very favorite character, and so I knew that I had to wait until I felt that pang in my heart mm. to give him his jingle. And your heart's a pangin. My a way. heart is a pang-in please let us give Spike his inaugural jingle. By all means. Spike, I love you. Spike, so dreamy. Spike, you trench coat.
0: Spike, I love you. Spike, you blackmail. Spike, peroxide.
2: Oh, Spike, right under the wire. You just, uh-huh. just squeaked that jingle right in past us before you skidded right out of town. <laughs> Woo! So then so then Buffy comes into the room thank god because these two weren't <laughs> going to last another minute and and they start having this conversation it's sort of like a a three-way conversation where, like, Joyce is talking to Buffy and Spike is talking to Buffy, and Buffy's trying to like give reasons to both of them right. simultaneously. The scene is written so well because of the back and forth of like Joy- mm-hmm. Joyce's like quips in the background. <laughs> Did she explode like that, man? Uh, <laughs> are great, but really, I feel like the biggest thing that that starts to happen here is we're go- we're doing like the crash course in. Mom just had daughter come out to her, right? Yeah. Are you sure? Have you tried not being a slayer? <laughs> Is it because you didn't have a strong father figure? Right. And so, I mean, I don't, Jenny, we, we really haven't talked about like our own coming out processes or moments. And I feel like it has a little bit of a place here. Like when I came out to my mom, she was. Like worse than Joyce Summers by a landslide. Mm. She was Joyce Summers. Had Joyce Summers been a Catholic, right? <laughs> like like Joyce is like having to intake like not only is my daughter the Slayer, but also vampires and probably she's going to hell. That was my mom's path. Um, mm. but but I, you know, my mom went through all of these phases. Like, have you? But if you haven't dated a boy, if you haven't been in love with the, bo- you know, if you haven't, if you haven't, if you haven't, right, if you haven't right, right, right. why did? Why is this happening? Is it my fault? These are like a number one classic. Questions that come from parents when their kids come out to them because parents go through a process. And that's that's what's so cool about this is that we're seeing Joyce go through the process just like Buffy in the beginning of Buffy right. understanding being a Slayer had to go through a process. Oh, wow. I don't know if you know this, Jenny, but I, I wrote a book about uh, how coming out is a process. Yeah, it's yes. called This is a Book for Parents of Slayers. <laughs> uh, no, it's called This is a Book for Parents of Gay Kids. But, like, I think that I'm gonna just control F uh, gay kids and replace it with Slayer. Yeah. And I think that I'll give the book to book. Joyce. Perfect. You know, she could use it.
1: <laughs> my parents didn't do any, of like, didn't ask me any of that stuff. I think my stepdad asked me, like, what was up? Mm-hmm. Uh, when just was, in general. Uh, well, his exact words were, your barometer seems a little woo. And he made a, a, a metering uh, gesture using his left forearm as a horizontal uh-huh. and then his right arm sort of hinging from the middle and wagging back and forth. I see. And then I feel like I, I did all of the, um, the... I asked myself those questions. I think I sort of just served the traditional (laughs) parental role I was like am I sure what am
2: I doing why should just try to not be right well that's what's so funny I mean that's like funny is the wrong word but like that's that's exactly it right the exact questions that most parents have we've had ourselves and I'm sure that that applies here Mm -hmm. right I'm sure that Buffy has had plenty of time in her life trying not to be a slayer and st- yeah. and did that. And it didn't, obviously did not work. Mm-hmm. You can't make yourself someone that you are not. Uh, and so Spike leaves, they've made this plan, right? And then we get the next level coming out moment between and and what's you know I I find this with sitcoms g- good not sitcoms but television shows I find with good television shows that handle coming out moments mm. they they get through a lot of the stages that normally it would take you know. Two weeks to ten years to get through all of the stages that Joyce goes through right, in this right. scene, but we go through them very quickly, and we mm-hmm. just, you know, we've talked about one day at a time on this show, uh, and and that's a show that I feel did the same thing. They really executed like a lot of the process points, and obviously they had yeah. to fit them into. They're not going to have us wait all ten years to go through all mm-hmm. that stuff. Um, but Buffy Buffy walks into the kitchen with Joyce now, and they have this really intense exchange. Ooh. Because Joyce is, you know, she's gone from, are you sure? Maybe you should try something different, honey. You know, maybe this was because of your father. Right, right, right. And now she's gotten to, this can't be.
1: So this is just after Joyce has suggested, oh, let's call the police and just explain to them that you didn't kill that nice girl and everything will be fine. And Buffy is, of course, like, we cannot
2: call the police. That's not how this works. That's not how this works. And you need to to understand who I am. Mm -hmm. I told you i'm a vampire slayer well i just don't accept that open your eyes mom what do you think
0: has been going on for the past two years the fights the weird occurrences how many times have you washed blood out of my clothing and you still haven't figured it out well it stops now no it doesn't stop it never stops do do you think i chose to be like this
1: do you have any idea how lonely it is how dangerous i would love to be
0: upstairs watching tv or gossiping about boys or god even studying but i have to save the world again no this is insane
2: buffy you need help i'm not crazy Whew. so this this scene ends with buffy walking out of the door and joy saying if you leave do not come back Ooh! So this gets classic re- parents. Cla- classic parent. This gets really intense really quickly. Um, but we hear and more even more of these like very commonly said things. And I want to just talk about one of them before we move past the coming out scene. Uh, I want to talk about the moment where Buffy says, "I didn't choose this," because mm. it's a big that's been a big player for me in talking to parents about kids who are coming out and and it's it was like the biggest way that you like got your parents to accept you when mm-hmm. you were coming out like back in the day but I think right. also it still is very present sure. where you say like well you, you couldn't choose to be anything else so then the parent is like oh well they didn't choose it so I have to accept them and when I wrote this is a book for parents of gay kids the publisher expected me to answer that question is this a choice with the answer no just Right. No, it's not a choice. Of course, it's not a choice because then parents will say, oh, no, it's not a choice. And I really pushed back because I've always felt that that line of reasoning when we're talking about sexuality when we're talking about gender identity of it's not a choice. So therefore, accept me would therefore mean that if I could choose, I would choose something different. Right. Which is not how I like to explain things and not like how I like to look at things. And I know that this isn't we're not talking about sexuality. We're talking about being a vampire slayer. But there's a big part of me that feels the same about this for Buffy, that really feels like perhaps she's not there yet, but I really feel like she will be there if she's not there yet to a place where even if she could choose, she would not choose to be anything but the person that she is. Yeah. You're smart. I married smart. Well, this is my this is my wheelhouse. <laughs> <laughs> this is really your episode. If we're talking uh, about X-Files, you can go yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we're talking about coming out to parents, you're you're sitting with the expert. Well,
1: I have a couple Jenny-esque knits to pick. Yes.
2: If you don't mind. <laughs> please, please pick those knits.
1: Uh, first of all, stepping back to the three-way conversation between Spike, Buffy, and Joyce. Yes. When Spike and Buffy step aside to be like. Here's the deal. If Giles dies, she dies. Yeah once again, willfully ignorant Joyce ignoring the fact that Giles, the school librarian oh, yeah. is entrenched is in whatever the situation is, and sort of uh God, I didn't even pick that up. that's a great observation. and zooming out even further, at no point is Joyce like, what's a vampire slayer. <laughs>
2: No, we well, don't have time.
1: I mean, the I episode like- is jam-packed, and I understand that the title is self-explanatory. But we're also talking about a woman, right? Who, to the best of our knowledge, has uh, no vampire
2: experience, no reason to think that they're real. Fine, but in Buffy's conversation with Joyce, she's saying, like, you know, you've you've not seen all these obvious things that have been ever. You've cleaned blood out mm. of my clothes, so I think that there has to be a little room here for the fact that Joyce did know. Joyce had a feeling. Mm -hmm. And so it's not, I don't think Joyce is coming to this totally out of the loop but it is right i, mean, I still give you the point right, 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 but right i do think there's there's plausibility there
1: this also then raises for me this is the first time i think we've ever seen joyce with a drink except maybe she had a glass of wine with yeah, ted or something they, and and it's to the point where she's where buffy is is very comfortable and almost it's like reflexive for her to say have another drink mom yeah and and so like what is that has joyce has Joyce's alcohol intake been increasing as, as the, bl- the amount of blood she's been washing out of clothes has also right. increased?
2: Precisely. That, like Joyce, again, you know, I mean, maybe we're we're saying this too many times, but Joyce is going through something just like Buffy is going through something. And how is that manifesting in Joyce and for Joyce? And how will this play out for the two of them? Only season three will tell oh us. My God, but um, but just. I just I This is just great. This is I mean you had to know. Everybody listening had to know we were going to talk about the coming out moment for like a half yeah. an hour so there you go. Also
1: shout out to fucking Sarah Michelle Geller just crushing it, just doing yeah. a great, job, great and job and Christine Sutherland doing an amazing job Absolutely. too being I mean such a mom like such a mom
2: peak mom (laughs) so we go back to the um hospital room where Xander where Willow is saying I'm gonna do this fucking spell you know my resolve face I'm gonna do it and Xander is like yeah but you don't look very good tell her Cordelia (laughs) (laughs) Cue Cordelia yeah
1: you should listen to him the hair it's so flat, and the lips, <laughs> and she trails off. <laughs> oh, Cordy, 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 Cordy. But Willow's got her resolve
2: face on, so it's definitely gonna happen. Then we go back to Giles getting tortured, and this mm-hmm. is where he has his in a tutu line, where <laughs> he makes Angel think that he's gonna tell him the secret of unlocking a Akathla, and he just Fucking rub salt in the wound right <laughs> in the right moment, and you're like, yeah, Giles.
1: Yep. Uh, and yep. then Drew. Yeah, Angel is like so fed up that he's like, I'm just gonna kill this motherfucker. Yes. And Spike, because now there's a deal in place, is yes. like, yes. Yes. Haven't you considered what other tools we have at our disposal? And Spike plays a
2: good game. Spike plays a really good game because, like, the the truth of the matter is that Spike is risking. Acopla being open. I mean, he knows that Drew is going to do this right, thing. It's, right. not, it's not even like he's dangling like a fake bait. It's like this is real. Uh, Drew will then go on to hypnotize. Well, we're going to get there in a second. I want to just hit Snyder before we get oh, to... Don't we all want to hit Snyder? <laughs> right. So we we before we see Drew do her thing with Giles, we cut to the library where, you know, Buffy is just casually picking up her bag of weapons. Um, and Snyder walks in <laughs> and Snyder... Snyder drops a couple of facts on us here, uh, namely, you know the police of Sunnydale are deeply stupid. <laughs> so this is interesting because we haven't, we don't know exactly. We do, we know that the chief of police is in on whatever the hell is going on here, but we're led to believe here that they've hired a police force based on the, the, the people's like stupidity that these people are never going to understand what's going on. They're never going right, to right, right, or at never least gonna ask questions. Never going to right, right. So there. So so that's just an interesting little tidbit. Uh, and then he gets what he's been waiting for. What he says he's been waiting for. What we oh, know yeah. what he's been waiting for Blech. to expel Buffy, and it is done. And it is done.
1: And then he calls the mayor's office. Yeah, and is like. Yo, have I got some hot, hot news for you? Yeah, have I got some hot goss for the mayor? Yeah. <laughs> Patch the mayor through. That, that approximately 16 year old blonde in the Contempo Casuals outfit, with, oh, hoisting <laughs> a sword across campus, oh will God. not be bothering us any longer. God,
2: Contempo Casual, good call. That's oh, yeah. Totally oh, a Contempo please. Casual outfit. Okay. So Drew and Giles. Yikes. Yeah, this is so. So Drew says to Giles, see with your heart. No. A, I know my heart. This is, by the way, sad face number three happens here in my notes. In case anyone's <laughs> paying attention, that's where sad face number three is. See you with your heart. And there's this beautiful reveal where the camera sort of like goes behind Giles's head. And then when it comes forward again, it's Jenny Callender. Oh, man. It's so sad. And also Jenny Callender really like looks dead. They, they made yeah. Very, Right? That's a choice. Yeah, it's a really interesting choice. And I told you this, Jenny, when we watched it the first time, but it reminded me of um, a scene in American Gods, the book. I have not seen the show yet, although it's high on our list of shows to watch. Mm -hmm. Um, But I love the book. And there is a scene uh, with Shadow and his wife, where his wife is a corpse, essentially. And I just called that to mind for me.
1: Anyhow, now that you bring up that uh, she looks dead, it's making me think about how she is saying... Just trust me, and we can be together. Right? Like, is she saying that as dead, Jenny? Is she saying like, well, do you think? Just Jenny give them is... the information they need. But Jenny's not even involved, right? It's like Je- I don't think. Right, it's is. an illusion. Yeah. Oh, but so... if he's seeing with his
2: heart, why is he seeing her dead? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Oh, maybe. Oh, I see what you're saying. That like Drew has manifested as. As from beyond the grave, Jenny
1: Calendar, right. beckoning Giles, yeah. uh, give in and join me. Yes, of course
2: that makes sense. Totally. Mm. Totally. Mm.
1: Mm. 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 Great.
2: Great. <laughs> So, let's get to the best part of this scene, which is when <laughs> <laughs> So Angel and Spike are having their little sexual tension moment in the uh-huh, doorway uh-huh. and they're having their little conversation. And then obviously they know. They've gotten the answer that they need. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and Drew no
1: longer needs to be making out no, with Giles. She just, but she just
2: keeps making out with Giles and this Spike and Angel are like um and Drew turns around. Sorry. I was in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Drew. And you know what, Jenny? Um, I mean, Drew earned it regardless. But we know that Drew drives off into the sunset as well. Mm. I think we should. I think we should give Drew a farewell jingle. A nice jingle. Drew, still so love you.
0: Filling my heart with dread, and still I'm. Late.
2: Drew. Drew, Drew, Drew. <laughs> have fun wherever you and Spike are going. <laughs> yeah, have a great time. We'll miss you. Um, so then we go back to Whistler. Buffy needs a power-up. Yeah. <laughs> she needs more information. Whistler. Uh, you've got one more thing to lose, Buffy. <laughs> and Buffy's like, like animatronic. Not animatronic, graphic buffy. Yeah, yeah. Video yeah. game Buffy is like scratching her little head. <laughs> so we learn here that only Angel's blood will open the door to this hell dimension, which is interesting to me. Why yeah. Angel? Yeah, I actually, one of the quotes that I wrote down about the scene was,
1: how did Angel get to be the key? Right? Attributed to Kristen Russo. Because, <laughs>
2: because just because, like, the story is that there was this acathwa Yeah. And Akatha was like, I'm gonna swallow the world. And then this right. knight... This unnamed knight was like, I have a sword. And uh-huh. he killed Acophla with his sword. It's a great retelling. Uh, thank you. And then and then and then Akathla died and was like, There will just be this vampire.
1: Well, I think there's something about sword. somebody
2: being worthy.
1: Right, like the sword and so, the
2: stone.
1: Yeah, someone has to be worthy. So Literally. someone has to be like evil enough.
2: So I, it's I not that's just the angel. Idea.
1: So like, so like, but probably the angels, master
2: could have opened. Yeah, but it angel's be, the
1: only guy in Sunnydale right now. Right now, okay. I would buy that. that that's the feeling just, they, I they got. talk
2: about it. Oh I my think god! They, I think they're. I think that angel likes to puff himself up a little bit, you know. Like really, it's just like a lot of evil things could probably get the sword out. But angel's yeah. like, ah, it's I'm me, guys. Very evil. Does anybody need me to hmm. unbutton my shirt before I take <laughs> the sword out of the stone? <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, so we learned this piece of information. Um, and then Whistler I I joked about Whistler's line but I did think it was really interesting like you do have one more thing to lose because I I think that what he's talking about is that she's going to lose Angel again right and that's I mean it's just like Whistler must know I I couldn't think of what else that would have symbolized except for that you know Angel was going to come back and then we were going to lose Angel again we'll get there don't worry it's very sad (laughs) first though Xander and Buffy meet up to on their mission. Xander emerges from the brush. Yes, and Buffy like trots down the road with her yeah, sword yeah. Wrapped, wrapped in a blanket. In a blanket, super but, casual, what? buff. just you no. know out for my,
1: just walking my sword. Just walking but it my, gets uh, a chill. But like so. her disguise is like
2: I'm just out walking my blanket. My oblong like, blanket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but the important piece of this scene is that Xander. Hmm decides not to tell Buffy what Willow has instructed Xander to tell Buffy. Now, I'm glad that Xander does this because I'm glad we have seven seasons of the series. Right. But I'm, um, in the world of the series, pretty pissed off with this decision. Again, I talked about this last week. I understand Xander's motivation. But the, yeah. But the fact of the matter is that Scoobies are supposed to be able to depend on fucking Scoobies. And uh-huh. if one Scooby tells another Scooby to do a fucking thing, they do that thing. So I find this to be a very unScooby moment. I don't approve.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm with you 100%. I, I don't know if I could say any more or any better. Okay. Well, don't worry, because now we get to listen to Angel speak in Latin.
1: While simultaneously across town, Willow will eventually be speaking Latin right? as
2: well. It's, it's fucking Latin o'clock up in here. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is the scene, right? And it's a back-and-forth scene. But it is well, I consider it to be one scene that, that takes us from Angel beginning the spell... Until the end moment. Mm-hmm. We've got a ride to go on, folks. Oh, yeah. Let us. So Angel's, like, cutting himself
1: up and chanting and brutally walking towards the Kofla When Buffy pops in and beheads the vampire, of all the vampires, this vampire must have the absolute worst peripheral vision.
2: Very beheading, too. Like, have we seen a vamp get beheaded since the symbol? Uh, the symbol wasn't there a symbol oh, in season the
1: one? Si- the C Y M B A L. Oh I, yes, I was s- hearing it as S Y M B O L.
2: Yes, the drum, uh, the drum symbol.
1: The only reason I remember that is because it's in one of our songs. Yeah, I feel like there has been another beheading since then. since the symbol. Well, but anyway. I mean, she is very clearly just right next to him, only a sword's length away yeah but he's
2: wrapped with angels latin sure yes 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 yes. he's like wow i've never seen angels speak latin while wearing a shirt this is entertainment so she beheads the vamp and then she says hello lover oh boy wait is that what he
1: said to her when she got to the cemetery in the last episode oh are they like oh, just a hello lovering
2: each other? Yeah, all I the mean time? essentially, if it wasn't li- if it wasn't exactly hello lover, it was the sentiment of hello right. lover, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's I, I I think it's a great moment, and this moment of oh, yeah, Buffy's gonna fucking bliggity blah is mm. is increased tenfold when Angel's like you're a little out- you're a little outnumbered. How are you gonna <laughs> how are you gonna take us all? And Spike is like, got this boing. one. Yeah, he's like, boing. Oing, oing, oing. And Spike stands up. And Spike clocks Angel with some kind of metal rod or something. Some kind of who even cares? Bap, 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 right. And bap. you think you have had. You think you're enjoying it. You think this is the peak enjoyment <laughs> yeah. you can have until Drusilla launches <laughs> her entire body at Spike. Yeah. Which yeah, is, with a battle cry. Oh it's my God! Great. It's, it's so great because, like, even though you know that we're in this battle where, like, it's life and death, it's good and evil, yeah, it's yeah. whatever, when Drew launches herself on Spike, it feels like the three of them are siblings, you know? Like, it yeah. feels like, oh, like, here we go, we're just having a wrestling match. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah,
2: And meanwhile,
1: Xander has snuck into where where Giles is being held, and he's untying him, and they have this, like, this lovely great. little exchange where Giles is like, oh, no, 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 I won't be fooled again, there making spells and they make me see what I want to see. And
2: Xander's like, why would you see me then? And he's like, good point, let's go. Right, which is so, it's like funny, but then as you were saying it, I thought like it's so layered because, (laughs) right, because the whole point of like Xander, like Xander's character is like, I don't have any special skills. I'm just gonna like be here to whatever, but somehow- you know and this is for all the Scoobies, like somehow what they do have to bring is helpful. And in this moment, what Xander has to bring is that he has <laughs> nothing to bring, and that still is helpful because it helps yeah. Giles know that it's not a spell. So they leave. Um, then the sword gets pulled out of the stone, yep, which yep. is great because yep. you know what it means, Jenny. What does it mean? Sword
1: fight. Um, <laughs> wow, I, I didn't expect. Although I have sword fight written like that in my notes. Yeah. <laughs> I was totally unprepared somehow for you
2: to sort of sing say oh, that to Oh, sword fight. First, Angel has to break a couple more antiques, of course. Ugh. Always breaking the antique, the Angel. Um, yeah, it's like, are they really antiques?
1: Or at this point, is he just buying Ikea? He's, yeah,
2: he's like straight up buying replicas of old shit because he's like, uh, broke the bank with that last <laughs> fight we had. So, yeah, so Buffy and Angel start to sword fight. Um, meanwhile... Meanwhile, Cordelia's been burning some sage. Oh my god, Cordelia's favorite job is to burn some sage. And Willow gets overtaken. Yeah. This is intense. So Willow is casting and, like, Willow's, like, dabbled a little bit. Yeah, and, yeah. But you she's, know, like, she, reading. She's, right. She's, like, reading. She's, like, I don't think you need to pronounce the words correctly. And then all of a sudden she, like, the, the scene specifically has her look up to the sky very quickly, mm-hmm. up to the ceiling very quickly, and then straight forward very quickly. Very a la Exorcist. Yeah, very right? effective. Yeah, super. And it's, it's interesting because, like, you know, we know something has happened to her, but we really don't know what. Has, you know, like, is there is there some kind of spirit that is helping her with this? Is it Jenny Calendar? Like, what's Ooh. going on here? Right. Because because, it you know, it's not like she just got deeper and deeper into the spell gradually. It's not right, like she right. has been a practicing witch and went right in full force. It's like she was just like doodly doodly do. And then it hit something hit her. We don't know. Yeah, we I well, know.
1: I mean, we'll just have to keep our eyes peeled moving forward. Yeah,
2: we will, won't we? We
1: will. <laughs> then Spike chokes out yourself. Yeah, what the fuck? Okay, you listen, they what? don't have breath. They don't have breath. How? Why is that? That is a choking out of convenience yes. is what that yeah, is. Yeah, I
2: call, I'm calling you out, Bull metaphysics. You don't shit. work this time. No, no, no. I noticed, Drew, dot, 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 but, dot, 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 dot no breath? <laughs> <laughs> so I wrote down that perplexing moment. Yeah, so very, very odd. Not very odd. I mean, it. how else were you going to get Drew away from Angel? Right, 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 right. She needed to she be had, unconscious. She had to be unconscious, but couldn't. i mean like, couldn't she have been knocked unconscious? Wouldn't that have made a little more sense? Yeah, it's weird. He just feels like they went out of their way to forget a very large thing that they had already yeah. declared on the
1: show. Maybe they didn't want to show Spike punching Drusilla a bunch of times,
2: but I mean, they they did show her punching him. Punching her once. Yeah, they. they yeah, because he was like, "I don't want to hurt you." Blam. But I. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't say I wouldn't. So yeah, Drew gets passed
1: out. Yeah, and then uh, Spike picks her up. Right. And has that great moment as he looks out in the courtyard and sees like Angel very clearly yes. having the advantage of the sword fight. And he's like, "God, he's gonna kill her!" And then just makes a little face. Yeah, and like jumps uh, away.
2: Yep. You can never trust a vamp, you know. I mean, come on, especially right. Spike. <laughs> right, right, right. Spike, but Spike did. I mean, to Spike's credit, he did help. He did do what he said he would do. Yes, he did. Um, and
1: then he, then we. Uh, a moment later, we see him busting out of the haunted castle's basement garage in his uh, car, which, thank God, canonically we established last week. Yes, that can vampires can drive
2: uh, cars with blacked out windows, and off he and Drew. Go. off they go leaving us in the courtyard with angel and buffy now this is a scene mm-hmm. this is a scene angel says to buffy well and she's like and this is like a classic image too this image of buffy sort of like crouched down on the floor with the like pain of light across her face mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like i've seen that that is a it's a gorgeous image and angel is saying to her now what are you gonna do you have no weapons you have no friends you have no hope Take that away, take all of that away and what's left. And Buffy is like, me, motherfucker, Mm -hmm. I'm fucking left. Mm -hmm. And then she grabs the fucking sword in her hands. Mm -hmm. But before I get too worked up, someone really wants to talk about this scene, don't they, Jenny? They sure do. Normally this person talks about brocade, (laughs) houndstooth velvet eyeshadow. But today, today this person is going to be talking about me. It's time for our friend
3: Kate to give you her Buffy feelings update. Welcome everyone to a special edition of what I am calling Buffy Feelings Watch, because this is my favorite moment in the entirety of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and uh, a moment that I think exemplifies everything that is so good about this show and its cast and its writers and its lore (laughs) and. Joss Whedon has a lot of problems, but this moment is absolutely not one of them. Buffy spends so much of season two in pain and by that I mean you know she loses so much when she loses Angel she loses her virginity she loses someone she could trust she loses something certain in her life and all of a sudden this person that she used to care about so much and that used to be this source of comfort and trust for her even if a little bit uncertain is killing people she cares about and trying to kill her and you see her throughout this season fight off countless monsters and demons and and things that go bump in the night and she can handle almost everything but she can't handle him because it's so close and it's so personal and I think so many people know what it's like when you have to break up with someone who you finally realize is really toxic for you or that can even be a friend or, or a job but something that is so hard to let go right it's so hard to take that stand and this moment does it in this kind of over-the-top way where yes it's her ex-boyfriend the vampire who's a demon who's killing people but in the same way that innocence is so easy to relate to personal experience I think this episode is too is where Buffy finally really finds her strength and I think you have seen her strength in so many different ways but this is so personal and she overcomes something that you know is really really hard I mean you can see her take down hyena people and you can see her fight Spike and Drusilla and all of those things are difficult but they're not hard in the way that this is hard and I love it and I remember crying my eyes out watching this the first time as a kid and not understanding why and watching it again years later and not understanding why and then realizing it's because even though she has been this incredible fighter and done these incredible things and saved the world and been a hero. This moment when she grabs the sword and when she says me and she is finally ready to take down the thing that she thought she could never take down or the thing she wasn't sure she could ever take down. In this moment, she's the motherfucking slayer. That was our friend Kate. She gave you her puppy
2: feelings update. Oh, Kate. Kate. Kate, 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 this is why we love you. We're so happy to get your feelings in lieu of fashion this week. And um, until next season, see you at the mall. So
1: back at Sunnydale General. (laughs) Yes. Uh, the spell has been completed, and we learn apparently once a Thessalon orb has oh done God. its job, it just evaporates. It disappears. disappears away, into knew? the ether.
2: No wonder why there's so damn many of them. Yeah. Every time you, every time you do a spell, like, you need a yeah, new one. Yeah, you can't
1: reuse, reduce, recycle right. Thessalon
2: orbs. <laughs> right. So right. So the spell works. Oh God. The All spell too well. works in the moment. The worst moment. You know, isn't that always the way? Isn't one might it? call this a whedon esque moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one might. So, Akathla has opened his weird, warbly mouth, and out, <laughs> out a spiral of doom has come. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, actually, no, that's not true. He, Akathla did not open his mouth right away because first we have this moment between Buffy and. They do get a moment yeah, before where he the is mouth stunned, opens. Stunned,
1: doesn't remember anything. Incredible.
2: David Borianas, great like, job. Ab- really brilliant acting here with that, like, look up once the soul has hit his body again, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's just, oh, uh, oh, uh, because you can see, oh, my God, Angel. And she sees, oh, my God, Angel. And my big question, because, and this is why I know Akathla hasn't opened his mouth yet, is Buffy's face, when they come together, right, and she's, he's holding her uh. and, you, and you see her face and, and I just, my note is just her face, her face, her face. Yeah. Because she's, overwhelmed and devastated all at once. Mm-hmm. And my question, because then she gets extra devastated when a cop mouth. It's like, it's like she has a moment of realization when the mouth opens, but I feel like she knew before the mouth opened yeah. that the mouth was going to open. I mean, she had to know because the
1: sword was already out. Right. But I mean, I feel like this is something that uh, Joss does really well. Uh, he, he, makes us know that something terrible Mm. has happened or is about to happen, then he gives us something that we want really bad so that we forget about the terrible thing until like he he gets us to our happiest possible place. Right. And then he's like, just kidding motherfuckers, and he yanks that rug out. (laughs) He's very cool.
2: Yeah. Uh and this is the scene. I mean this is the moment, right? This is a quintessential heart-wrenching, oh my god, no, that could not have just happened moment in this series where she loses him again, and she loses him by her own hand. Because she had to, because if her life wasn't hard enough, having to be so isolated, having to be so removed from everyone, having to not be able, like she told Joyce, to be up in her room thinking about boys Mm -hmm. or studying or doing anything, anything that would just feel normal to make it all that much worse. Now she has had to be the one to undo the only thing that she has ever loved. The way that she loved Angel, right? I mean Because she had to save the because world. Because she had again. to save the world. Right. Again, because this is this is her task, this is her duty, this is her calling. She doesn't have another choice. And and it's not just about choice to bring us back there, right? Because it's not. It's mm-hmm. not just about she chooses to do this or she doesn't choose to do this. This is who she is. It's something beyond choice. It's some that word doesn't really carry meaning here. Yeah. She can only be herself. Yeah. And herself is a person who must save the world because she is the only one who can save the world.
1: Oh, man. It's like when Kendra. Kendra? Kendra. Remember when we first met Kendra and she told Buffy that Buffy talks about being the Slayer like it's a job, but it's not. It's who she is. Yes, exactly. That's like, I feel like this is full peak. Like she has 100% changed from somebody
2: who has to be the slayer to somebody who is the slayer. Yeah. And do you know all of these feelings we've just summed up? Do you know what the one way is that, that you could really sum it up without even needing to talk? Uh, no, how's that? there it is god it's like is anyone else with me that like you i know i know we're all about like tv like the theme songs and them having but like this goes up in the buffy verse of music Mm -hmm. and feelings Mm. are there many songs that can top like what this song does to your heart when you hear it I can only,
1: off the top of my head, yeah. I can only think of one other thing that happens much later in the series. So I
2: can't talk about can't it. Can't talk about it now, but we'll find out in 14 years. <laughs> <laughs> but this song, I know you all know what I'm saying. You all probably just cried in your cars uh-huh. from just the clip, just the tiny clip. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sarah McLaughlin really had a way with us. Yeah. She really had her way with us in the 90s. <laughs> I'm telling she you had what. Her way with us. She did. She's always making right. us cry about You're everything. Right. I had many a teenage emotion that I set to the soundtrack the soundtrack of Sarah McLachlan. Mm. You know?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyhow, the song doesn't play. Probably, well. probably not anger. You probably never felt anger. And you were like, I need to listen to Sarah.
2: Precisely, never, exactly, <laughs> yeah. never. It was always a very like, specific subset yes, of emotions. I have deep emotions I cannot express. How can I release them? And then I would reach <laughs> over to my disc player. Oh yeah. And I would hit, play, and it would whir like a CD yep, does. Yep, yep. It would settle on its little CD <laughs> face. Oh my god, and I then love this story. Out, Sarah McLaughlin would come. Yeah. Except for that one time that she uh, sang to me live at the Saratoga Performing Arts Center at the Lilith Fair. Just to you. Just to me. Just to me. Just like Gavin Rossdale sang, only to me. Wow. They all sang. you really had a time. Sarah McLaughlin really tied a bow on this episode of Heartbreak. Um, Crushing. um, And while she's uh, crooning to us. Yes. Because she begins crooning after this scene.
1: Right. Right, right. And we see Joyce uh, in her Morning robe, yes. Just uh, call, I thought oh, you Buffy, thought you I thought here? you were
2: calling it like her, like grieving, like oh, no, no, morning, no, no. her morning AM coffee robe, yes.
1: And uh, she she sees Buffy's door is ajar yes. and and thinks maybe oh Buffy's here, but no Buffy's gone and Buffy and, left a note and Buffy took all of her clothes in the closet but left some of
2: them on the bed. Yes, because at first I was like, did she really pack all of her clothes? And then I was like, oh no no no, I get it. She there just, was a sorting. Yeah, she was like, what clothes will I need for? redacted fill in the blank <laughs> <Redacted. laughs>
1: you know all you ever have to do to get me is say redacted
2: yeah so right so but there's a note and we don't know what the note says right Joyce picks up the note from the bed mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then we go and this this slays me no pun intended is this scene where we find out how lost the Scoobies are without Buffy. Oh yeah, it's, it's like shattering. Giles looks 170 years old yeah, in this scene and, and they're beat all to hell. Right? And they're just they just all look so lost. Except My- for Cordelia. Cordelia looks amazing. Cordelia looks amazing, but Cordelia is also lost. They're all just like looking at each other like, "Well, she'll be back," right? I yeah, mean, yeah. she has to be back. And that's that's also this like oh. Right. Exactly, cuz it's like she has to be back because we have school. Like and they know, they all know that like school is not real, right? Yeah, like yeah, it yeah. doesn't even it's not That's not, not even... what
1: they mean when they say school.
2: Yeah, right. Or they're just trying to like find a way to sort of promise it to themselves. Exactly. They're trying to convince themselves that like well we have school, it's just another day, right? Like it's just another day after we saved the world again, right? And they all are scared and we're scared and yeah. Buffy is in the bushes.
1: Yeah, in her her Jenko's, her uh No, they're not. Even town,
2: ch- what are her pants? Massive jeans. They're so big and whooshy. Um yeah, her pants are really interesting. But yeah, so she's she's at the school, she's looking at them from afar. She walks to the bus depot, I guess. We were there last for Inca Mummy Girl. Right, right. She boards a bus to who knows where. I mean, this episode really ends with a lot of characters driving out of Sunnydale. Yeah. Right, Spike wow. and Drew are in their car. What if Buffy a- accidentally is going to the same place
1: Spike and Drew are going? <laughs> they all stop at the same diner. They're yeah. like,
2: <laughs> they're like, damn it! Uh, I thought I told you. <laughs> so yeah, so we end on the pan down, the old pan down. Remember the doily pan down? Wow, the downward through a doily (laughs) I Remember the downward through a doily? (laughs) We don't have a doily here, but we do pan downward to now leaving Sunnydale. Yeah. Do towns really
1: have now leaving signs, or do those only happen in television and No, I think some towns
2: have... I y'all, mean, like y'all come back now. Yeah, and I think like Brooklyn definitely has a forget about it on the way in, but I'm pretty sure that they have a some like a bada bing on the way out. <laughs> it's not, it's not bada bing. I'm, I'm falsely advertising wow. Brooklyn signage, but they, I think they do have uh, signs as you're leaving too. So I think. All right, I accept this plausible. I think it's plausible. Oh my god, you what know, a doozy! You know, what a way to go out. of And season they knew, two. they knew how much of a doozy it was. They knew how big of a doozy it was that they were like, hey, um. Maybe maybe the little gur r guy should make a little joke at the end, oh, and he buddy. does. Just in case you didn't watch all the way through, our normal little gur r is what does he say? Oh, he says, "I need a hug." I need a hug. Which is a nice little fun, yeah, eas- Easter egg. It's not an Easter egg, but you know what I mean. It's a little. I don't know if vampires observe Easter. Right, right. it's a, it's a little. It's a little St. Vigis egg. Wow. Throwing it back. For us. To school hard. Oh, but
1: slaying is harder. We have done it. We made it all the way through season two without... Uh, collapsing. I
2: feel nostalgic for Remember, season two already. Remember, you know, like I we hardly I, knew ye. I just, I'm like, I'm excited. I am so excited to move into season three, mm. truly. But I am coming to the end of this, like, oh no, I want to do it again. Like, I, you know <laughs> what I mean? Kristen
1: <laughs> talks all the time about, like, as soon as we finish the podcast, <laughs> we're going to start, just it start again. over.
2: <laughs> it would be great. All any of us want to do. If you're listening to this, you know. All we want to do is get to the end and we'll start at the beginning yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think we should do two rounds: one round no spoilers and one round all the Ooh, spoilers. Ooh, that is and by the time exhausting we're done, idea. we'll have grandchildren who can take it over. For yeah, us, yeah, of you course, know? perfect. Ugh, anyhow, <laughs> any last thoughts, Jenny, before we wrap up this season? Well, speaking of wrapping up the season, we will be officially wrapping up the season. On July 19th, and we mentioned this at the start of the episode, but just a reminder, if you would like to be featured on the podcast, please send us an email with a voice memo and let your voice memo tell us in about 90 seconds or less your favorite characters from season two, your favorite moment in season two, and we will pick a handful and have them air on that season wrap up. So get those into us if you can get them into us before July 10th that would be extremely helpful for us to turn around that episode. And once again, the email is bufferingthevampireslayer at gmail.com.
1: Also, with any luck, we will be popping up in your feeds next week with a bonus episode in which we discuss <gasps> Ooh! Wonder Woman. I have a feeling that it will be like 90% me mm-hmm.
2: squeaking. Mm-hmm. Yes, for um, sure.
1: And 10% critical film discussion.
2: <laughs> Looking forward to it. Very much so. Very, very, very much so.
1: Well, I'm Jenny Owen Youngs, and it has been my pleasure to serve you for this season two of Buffering the Vampire Slayer. Wow. You can learn more about me at JennyOwenYoungs.com
2: slash buffering, and you can always give me a holler on Twitter at Jenny Owen Youngs. Yes, and I am Kristen Russo, and you can find me on Twitter or on Instagram at Kristen Nolene, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. I have also... Thoroughly enjoyed my season two with all of you and cannot wait to be back for season three. You can find out in the meantime what I do with the rest of my time. The few minutes that are left (laughs) that are not spent making this podcast. My work with LGBTQ young people and their families is found over at everyoneisgay.com and mykidisgay.com.
1: Buffering the Vampire Slayer is and shall remain on Twitter and Facebook (laughs) at Buffering You can always email us at
2: bufferingthevampireslayer at gmail.com you probably know by now the best ways to support us. But you can always go on over to iTunes and leave us a positive review. It helps people find the podcast Mm -hmm. and the bigger this family grows, the quicker we'll be able to take over the world (laughs) is how I feel. (laughs) Uh, You can also support us on our Patreon page over on our website, bufferingthevampireslayer.com. There's a link. Click on Patreon and you can see a dollar, $5, or $10 a month. It helps us so, so much and so many of you give there. Thank you to all of you who are supporting this work. It is really incredible and we are having Just so much fun with all of you.
1: Also, hey, Buffering the Vampire Slayer songs from season two is available in a CD format. In new our web store. New cover designed by yep. Christine Tuna. Amazing. It looks great. It really and does. hopefully it sounds okay. You can find that. <laughs> it does sound great. Uh, not a salesman. I know. <laughs> but if you want to buy it and determine for yourself whether or not it's great, you can do that at bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Just click on shop and you will find our CDs. Yeah, our and links. Other our, stuff. Our links are very self-explanatory. Yeah, shop, yeah. Shop, Patreon, survey, you know. <laughs> We're simple women. We love self-explanatory menu tabs, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and howling like a couple of wolves. So, <laughs> till next time. <laughs> ow
0: In the time before Left the wall and reached for me. The slightest smile, you walked beside me for a while, but mistakes we can't.